Hello and welcome to what I'm very pleased to be able to say will be a couple of rather special editions of Gareth Jones on Speed. Episodes which aren't strictly about cars, but instead about how cars are built. Well, one rather famous brand is built anyway. Rolls-Royce is arguably the greatest name in the esteemed history of the motor car. It's still going strong after a hundred years, still building in Britain, and still with a strong case for being described as the greatest cars in the world. I was beside myself when I was invited to visit Rolls-Royce's headquarters at Goodwood and to be given a private tour by James Warren and David Dean. And as David explained, the entire facility is rather cleverly low profile. Well, we've lowered the whole building. We've sunk the building to make it disappear and blend into the surrounding area. Ah. And that's Rolls-Royce subtlety, is it? One of the rather wonderful things of being on a country estate, so to speak, in an area of outstanding natural beauty, that planning necessity allowed us to design such a beautiful building. So you'll see it is rather nicely hidden from the road and has this rather wonderful see from here, Ah, uh, living room. Let me explain what I've seen. I've come out onto this very modern progressive building with a large open area in front of it and you're using a living roof to control temperature and environmental yes, impact? Absolutely. We always try to reduce the environmental impact as much as possible. So the two lakes that you see as you come down the driveway, they actually act as the heat sink for our air conditioning system. The living roof at one time was the largest in Europe. I think it since has been eclipsed. And it's actually a rather nice habitat for rare birds. So, ah. You know, people who are worried about the environmental impact of a car plant, actually, we've reduced that as much as possible and I think made a very beautiful building as a result. My partner, Violet, has been trying to get me to fit a living roof to oh. our place in central London for many years. She'd loved seeing that. The benefit of the living roof is that we are in the South Downs, the National Park, so all the randoms walking around. And because it is living, it changes colour with the season, so whole building just blends in the fact that we've lured it the top changes color it's very difficult to see as you walk around do you get autumnal so, colors and summer yes, colors absolutely. and actually you see this that we're 14 years old here now and you see these wooden vents they've really rather weathered in beautifully and, and the place does just seem to become more and more sympathetic with the environment every day you to get that lovely reflection from the glass mole here you know that we refer to just this wing of the factory and it rather works beautifully with the box trees they've become something of a bit of a trademark as well I should try and describe these we're standing looking at you call them box trees do they grow like that or are they they're very well manicured like all things at Rolls Royce I have never seen such well manicured such architecturally perfect geometrically perfect trees they're flat topped it's it's a source of much pride for us (laughs) you'll also notice one lovely thing here we've got a rather lovely duck pond that flanks the front of the factory and you'll see that the woodshop apprentices a few years ago made them a little bit of a ramp so they can slide in and out more easily. And on my first day, I asked someone, why did we do that? And they just looked at me and said, because we're Rolls-Royce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to enjoy this. I'm in the canteen at the moment. You probably Maybe hear they'll me. stop you there. Yeah. It's not the we're canteen. We're Rolls-Royce. It's a restaurant. A restaurant, not a canteen. Correct. And what's rather nice is everyone eats here, and there's no hierarchy. And because the suits eat here as well, the quality is very, very good. We subsidise everything. We want everyone eating here, good food, feeling content, and hopefully that's reflected into the build of the motor cars. You would have thought, with Rolls-Royce being such a status brand, 
that the hierarchy would be more exaggerated here, but you work hard at destroying that. The other way, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Fascinating. It just makes a much more harmonious environment. There are not many people here. I think it's just we're all engaged in one thing: design, build, create, put together these wonderful. I should explain the environment that we're in now. I've come over a bridge which is crossing the assembly area. Below us, I can see, is it an assembly line? We do actually use the term line as much as it's a very large proportion of our factory. It's barely part of the story. Of course, this is where our cars come out of the paint shop, ready to be hand-built. We have our craft shops over here to the left, and they feed into this assembly line. Just down here, we have Wraith, Ghost and Dawn making their way down the line. And I think what you'll notice... You hear less noise in here than you do in the restaurant. Mm, true, it's an incredibly it's silent place. <laughs> it, absolutely, it's a place that's bathed in natural light. There's an absolute sense of calm. I can hear a clock ticking. Very good. Very good. <laughs> it's a very important point of the way that we've designed this factory. We want our people to think calmly. We want our people to have time to perfect what they're doing. There's no sort of sense of rush. There are no machines. There's no banging. There's only two robots, and those are in the paint shop. And that's because we find that is the very best way of applying paints and that is our stripe perfection sort of philosophy but other than that we use the most sophisticated measuring instruments in the world and those are the human eyes we were talking about that in the program recently Absolutely. how human hands can give you a better finish than a machine and ultimately you're the opposite of a volume manufacturer you don't have to turn things out in volume in order to sustain a profit. Your profit comes from your level of craftsmanship here, yeah? That's absolutely spot on. You know, we, as a car company, really exist as a luxury house. And a fundamental tenet of luxury is rarity. Our customers, the one thing they will say to us is they do not want to see one of our motor cars on every street corner. They understand that true luxury is very rare, it's very personal, and it must boldly express their tastes and lifestyles in a very sort of intimate way. So, of course, part of that is not pursuing volume, not pursuing a mass luxury strategy. And you'll get a sense of that today. Things here are very measured. They're very calm. These cars are all unique. They're all tagged to a customer. We don't build to stock. And that's it. It really is a global center of luxury excellence in the same way as the Hermes Atelier is or the place where fabulous haute couture is made. We're doing automotive haute couture here. Right. And this place reflects that. Your culture and relationship is more like that than car manufacturing in a shed this is not a shed no this goes far beyond that it's a very big very beautiful incredibly glamorous nicholas grimshaw queen's award architecture winning shed it's 1600 incredibly dedicated highly skilled men and women craftspeople artisans in the truest sense of the word building things to customer specification so it couldn't be further away from a mass luxury or even a mass manufacturing mm. environment. And you'll get that sense as you walk around here. You even hear it, you feel it, you see it in the way people are. It's very different. I want to go and see it and feel it and hear it. Let's yeah. go. I mean, every car is unique. And so no one to the same. Having robots just compromises everything. No robots, complete flexibility in what we're doing. So it doesn't matter which model comes out of here, what size, what shape, what colour or anything. So, in fact, it suits us not having any robots. Adaptability. Exactly, yes. Flexibility, adaptability, and we'll go at our own speed. And deliver it when it's right. right. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's the message. We're not, we're not going to be rushed. Yeah, yeah. Right. The customers, they appreciate that as well. You would often think that these people are incredibly uncompromising. They're demanding people. They're people that have made a lot of success in their life. <coughs> but when it comes to Rolls-Royce, they're very prepared to wait. Uh-huh. They, they know we're in the business of perfection. That's why they come to us. And they know that when they specify incredibly bold and complicated bespoke commissions, 
it does take time to get it right. It'll come to you when it's ready. It'll come to you when it's ready. Yeah. And they'll enjoy the wait, I think. We've come into another area now. We've left the larger room to a smaller area. And I can see a row of <laughs> rear bumpers. Are they front bumpers? Uh, these are fronts, yes. In the most extraordinary paint schemes. This first one is in a tartan that's sort of vaguely Danish and yet Royal Stuart. A tartan Rolls-Royce bumper? Well, well, that's very well spotted. I think one of the really positive stories that have come out of here is our apprenticeship programme we take on a quite large intake of young men and women, train them in the different crafts that we have here at the home of Rolls-Royce. One of them is paint, and of course, for the first kind of year or so of their apprenticeship, it's not right to make them responsible for painting a customer's car, so we have them work on some rather fun projects like this. So we give them a bumper and give them the opportunity to create incredibly elaborate designs just to start building their knowledge, building their skill base up, away from the pressure, of course, having to work on a customer car. That's a three, four-year apprenticeship program. So this, wow. this will probably be a first-year apprentice. So you I, see their skills already pretty good. You just say a few mistakes. So <laughs> by hand. By hand. <laughs> you have to leave some mistakes in for some customers because only Allah is perfect. I mean, that's part of the culture. You know the tradition of Persian carpets? All Persian carpets will have a floor in them. One floor. Because only Allah is perfect. We'll leave that to the customer's discretion, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, 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 move yeah. On. It's a tricky one to get wrong, isn't it? Another bumper in a jigsaw pattern, slightly faded on one side. Nice, quite modern, asymmetric. It's almost got sunburst guitar effect. Yeah. You know, really kind of nice lacquered paint. What you'll see here as well is this is the different sort of applications that we can put into paint in terms of materials that go in. So we often work with glass, we often work with gold particles. You get this rather lovely thing called flip. You imagine you take your car out into the sunlight mm-hmm. and it's going to change colour. It's going to have a slight pearlescence to it. It might bring in little blue hues, little gold hues. It just adds another little bit of surprise and delight for the customer, which of course is the business we're in. Surprise and delight, it sells cars, it makes customers happy. It makes them happy. We're in the business of happiness here. Luxury is the business of happiness and delivering that to our customers long after they've bought the car. Okay, we've got some bonnets which are part of the apprentice paint programme, I would imagine. Or is this a range of colours? You can have any colour you want. Well, this is a very, very good illustration of the sort of range of colours. Our sort of standard palette, if such a thing exists, is 44,000 (laughs) colours. Well... Should sir or madam not be able to find something from there that's appropriate for their tastes, then of course we will match that to any object, anything that might take their fancy. We do have a rather nice cupboard somewhere where we've been sent shoes, we've been sent lipsticks, we've been sent nail varnishes. My absolute favourite was a leather that was matched to the coat of a red setter dog. Oh. And it's actually rather beautiful. It's a beautiful looking coat. And lovely, probably very practical cut. if you've got a red setter that sheds hair, you'd never see it on the seat. I'm sure that this particular lady in question probably doesn't have to worry too much about hoovering out her own car. <laughs> but I always rather want to see a picture of the dog on the seat. It rather disappears. You know? If I was going to choose a bespoke colour for my roller, I think I'd start in the region of Dragon's Blood. <laughs> I think, as a Welshman. Dragon's blood, so a deeper red would be quite a bold thing. So that's right, so we've got a red velvet sparkle here, and you could very easily put another sort of layer of crimson. I would flatten that out a little bit. It's quite a metallic colour. We will have our customers work with paint engineers to get it absolutely right. Right. And rather beautifully, if they do come up with their own colour, and it's something that is completely unique, we allow them to name it, and then we'll provide certification that they quite often hang on their walls. You know, whatever it is, it'll be Gareth Dragon Blood, and you can hang that on your wall, and it's reserved here for their exclusive use. And you wouldn't allow that to any other customer? You wouldn't be called that? That's yours? That that is their colour. We would certainly never let that go to anyone else. 
Gareth's Dragon Blood Red. Remember, we heard it first. There we go. <laughs> Gareth Jones on speed at Goodwood, the home of Rolls Royce. The cars, we're talking about the cars, are going to have a minimum of seven coats, and all our coats are thicker than the industry norm. We unusually put on two clear coats of lacquer as well. So it could be some coats, uh, James was talking about the iridescent, the changing colours, the pearlescent colours. One car we did called Serenity had 14 coats of paint. We've wow. done up to 21 coats of paint. So you could end up with 45 kilograms in weight. And do you bear in mind where you're selling your car to? If you're selling a car to someone in the Middle East, their paint will have different requirements to someone who's going to own a car in Finland? We obviously go through an exhaustive testing process for any new colour, any new paint application that we put in. And that testing process has to apply to every different part of the world. Right. So we have to assume that that customer who might live in Helsinki six months of the year might want to take his car to Doha for the other six months of the year. We cannot have any compromise in any application that Rolls-Royce creates. And therefore, our paints will work at 100 degrees, they'll work at minus 30. That's your mantra, we cannot have any compromise. This is a place of no compromise, yeah. (laughs) I think I'm right in saying that with your new colour that you've just dedicated to us, you have to go through about a six-month process of testing before that colour will be accepted, homologated, and then we can apply it. Wow. You have to go through all the temperatures. All the, you know, Where is your car going to be driven? Yeah. What is the humidity like over there? Right. Although it might take us just a day and a half to assemble the car, getting the car ready may take us up to a year or so. Yeah. I'd be happy to wait for a race in Gareth's Dragon We're not Blood Red. in a rush. And yeah. indeed, just painting the car before we get any difficulty into it, it's going to take us at least a week just to paint the car. And if you're having a two-tone... In fact, we're going to take two weeks doing it. Right. We're not rushing. Uh-huh. And we're checking and testing after each coat is put on. Are there any blemishes? Is it the correct thickness? Once we're happy with that, so on and so on and so on. And once we've done that, again, you'll notice as we go onto the line, every car is highly polished. A team of three people, hand polished, for roughly five hours. Five hours of polishing. It would so probably take that to do a phantom, wouldn't it? It's yeah. going to get dirty on the line. Every car goes on a road test outside in any weather, it's going to get dirty. So at the other end of the plant, under ultraviolet light this time, again, three people, hand, polish, until everyone's happy that it's perfect. I wonder if when Rolls-Royce are casting out for new staff to come and work for them, if you were to find people with obsessive-compulsive disorders, they'd be very useful to this firm, wouldn't they? I think you do have to have an element, I wouldn't go so far as OCD, but you have to have those elements within your personality. You have to be a perfectionist. I mean, that's a fundamental tenet of who we look to recruit and, of course, who we make. As I say, apprenticeship programmes are almost the most important parts of what we do here. And it's about imbuing that culture into them from the very, very early stages of their career that you can accept, in Henry Royce's words, as nothing is nearly right or good enough. That's what he said, wasn't it? That was what he said. Yeah. And it lives on. It lives Absolutely. on with, with everyone. And that's the wonderful thing about training people from such a young stage. You, and they're immensely proud of what they're doing, of whatever area they're in. And I often go around, I'm seeing a part, and um, it looks to me perfect. And I think I know a little bit about what we're doing and how it's done and what it should look like. But they'll find something in it which even I can't see, even though it's wow. been shown to me. No, it's got to be redone or repaired or whatever. So they're testing themselves continually. Craftsmanship. Yeah. It's craftsmanship and it's also being an arbiter of quality and arbiter of perfection. Right. And that's what our, you know, certainly our very senior people, the quality controllers, they're quite formidable people. And as David says, you know, I've seen a wood piece, for example, where we inlaid a piece of diamond into it. 
and he kept rejecting it, kept sending it back. It was actually documented on the TV show that we did a few years ago. And I said, John, I can't see it. Are you just doing this for effect? And he got his little jeweler's tool out, and I could see it was thinner than a hair. And he said, customer's not going to know about it, probably never going to build as a crack, but I know about it, and it'll bother me. It's funny, because we make songs for Gareth Jones on Speed, and often I try and get it ready as quickly as I can, but there are always imperfections in the songs, and there's one line or there's one note which I hear, no one else would ever hear. I hear it every time, and I think, I wish I'd fix that. I would never be able to work here with that kind of attitude, would I? I These people are deeply passionate, and and they know that it's their stamp, it's their name that goes on these cars. They have enormous pride in building the very best cars in the world to this standard of perfection. You know, it's impossible for them to accept compromise it just doesn't exist within their psyche and this is why we're as successful as we are and they've built such successful careers here so fascinating I'd say we're always raising the bar yeah we're always striving for perfection Gareth Jones on speed don't worry sir I'll take care of that now we've come into another paint area I'm surrounded by samples of colour on the wall and some artwork depicting the process of the paint and polish and a colour matching palette of, oh I'm guessing 100 shades on the right what's going on in here then David? This is where we've got some examples of um, ideas of showing you what we do here but there's a picture of the robots which we said to you earlier they're highly sophisticated robots for some of the finishes we have to earth the car we polarize the paint then we turn it to get these different effects but even here with these wonderful wonderful highly skilled robots my friend russell this is day after day he will still get dressed up and we apply some of the coat by hand so even here, with these robots, they're still hands on your motor. Russell, I should explain, is the name on a uniform, a paint sprayer's outfit on a dummy in the area where we are. But there is a real Russell who goes in there and does it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah? Yes, so right from the very beginning to the very last thing, which I'll show you in a minute, it's by hand, there's yeah. hands on the car the whole way through. And I think that's something we're very, very proud of. And again, helps to make these cars absolutely unique and really are hand-built. We're not just screwing a few bits of metal together, as perhaps some other manufacturers might do. There's a rather nice little cabinet here that we were talking a little bit earlier on about some of the amazing materials that are actually in particle form added to a paint mix in order to create this lovely sort of pearlescence and this flip and this change of colour that you get in the light. And, of course, here we do have, I believe, 24-karat gold for our desert gold. I can't remember which car we did it on in the end, but it's for a customer who particularly liked that colour and really wanted the authentic gold powder within his paint, and it looked absolutely stunning. Wow. And I think that married to a black two-tone reminds me of the John Player special. Logo. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's what I would have. That would I've be very a, cool. I've seen a couple, and I do always want to write to the customer and say, God, tell me where you got yeah, that inspiration black from. Black car with coachwork in that particular mustardy gold it's would it, be yeah. tremendous. You're right, it's JPS, isn't it? But that's yeah. it, and this does tell you a little bit about how customers can indulge their passions into cars that they're commissioning one of my very favorite cars of all time and it's a real paint story actually lovely chap in the united states in his 80s he was commissioning his fifth rolls royce quite a bold guy californian and all the things that go with that and he said to the dealer he said you're not going to believe this but i got into this thing this crazy british show called inspector moore's he got Netflix, he bought an iPad and he started watching this thing and he got obsessed with Inspector Morse and of course, his Jag. Jag. 
It was it aubergine, Nicola, or was it a, maroon? A beautiful black and Blue. red two-tone. Right. And he said, look, I don't want a Jag. I absolutely <coughs> want a Wraith. I love the two-tone. But, of course, on the Jag, the two-tone splits in a very different way. Yeah. So he said, look, you know, is this going to be a big technical challenge? It turned out it was. It took us the equivalent time of spraying 18 two-tone Wraiths. But, of course, we love this customer. We love the idea. We're going to do it for him. It was the sort of paint that if you made one mistake on any of those coats, you scrap the car and start again. <laughs> but we delivered it for him. We delivered it, I think it was for a big birthday. And he finished it off with the rather lovely tread plate, hand-built in Goodwood, England, for Chief Inspector Morse. Oh. And how cool was that? He would have been very satisfied. I, I know, that, I know. Yeah. And we got in the picture of Morse of the Jag. He was like to hand cool. it over at Pebble Beach. Yeah. And there it is. There he is. Yeah. There it is. I can name him. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, Donald C. Brinkerhoff. And it looks rather nice, that Wraith, in that Morse colour. He, yeah. he sends this to us every time that he commissions a car, a certificate of appreciation Aww. for the men and women that hand-built his car. He, he's, <laughs> he absolutely loves the brand. He's a great patron of ours. And it just shows a little bit as well, the very close relationship and warm relationship that we have with our customers. He's a great friend of our chief executives and we're always delighted when he comes into town and he was brought up us. proper if you're brought up proper you write and say thank you when you've had a visit yes. don't you it's fast disappearing these days and it's something I'm trying to install on my kids just a one liner but just it yeah. means so much even if it was a text it's not difficult yeah. <laughs> it's not difficult it's amazing the gifts we get given, actually. We just had some very nice chocolate from a customer as well. That's cool. Been, yeah, that's oh, been sort of... Uh, really? Pleased to hear that. <laughs> no, no, I didn't let you know. <laughs> you didn't get any then. <laughs> Talking about the different palettes, you know, we mentioned 44,000 plus different shades, and you're going to think, well, a lot of them do look the same. Until you get them close. This looks, I'm just showing you, a lovely, brilliant white. Yeah. I'll put it up here. In the light... It's not quite so white. Yeah, yeah, it's got so, a grey in it there, you can see, and that one's got a hint of cream. They are great subtleties, aren't they? And it is because of people bringing in their own ideas and their own colours that they won't reproduce. Mm-hmm. But it's a great challenge for us, and although we're always looking for new ideas ourselves in terms of what we can use or how we can do it or what we can produce in different materials and styles, we like to be challenged by the customers as well. They come in with their ideas. It's a two-way flow. We enjoy that. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. We want to be challenged. You know, we've got all the skills. Come on. Bring it on, almost. Bring Fantastic. it on. Let's see what we can do and be ahead of the game. We're talking about paint. Yes. It's the first thing that goes into the car here. Colour, make your car very unique. It's also the last thing, potentially, that can go into the car. Mm. So we're at the end of the line. We've done all the testing. We've highly polished and matched the car another four, five, six, seven hours, hour long. And then you want a coach line put onto the car. Three, four, five metres, depending on your car, three millimetres wide. Triage its side to hand paint mark. You may have heard or seen I, of him. Yeah, yes. freehand coach yeah, exactly. artist. And still him. And now, of course, again, people wanting their unique motor cars, their individuality. We've gone from one line to two lines. And now, uh-huh. designs, art deco, your company logos. We do Arabic handwriting from right to left, so the rear wing forwards. So, yeah, anything is up for grabs. And it's done by Mark, has a little assistance here and there, and freehand. Makes his own brushes, they're quite short. He used to have a mix of oxtail and squirrel's hair, but now he, this is what he tells me, just squirrel's hairs because they're very, very fine, very, very soft and long. And it enables him, when he's painting, to produce this effect. You can't see where he stops and starts. Uh It's a wonderful... yeah, there skill are no, that brush, he has. no brush strokes, no So we edging. slightly de-wax the car. Mm-hmm. This is a special mix of paint. We don't lacquer over it. We want your friends to see and feel that it's by hand. 
and it's and real painted. It's not a transfer. I'm running my finger over the surface now, and I can feel the ridge of the lift of the paint there, and it's not embedded. It, it works its way into the body colours over about four or five day period, so it becomes part of the car. Right. So if you change your mind, sorry, can't wipe <laughs> it off. Take it back to bare metal. Good business for us. <laughs> not so good for you. So it's the very last thing that goes onto the car and then really completes your individualism on your particular motorcycle. And it's funny you talk about people maybe not specking a coach line or they don't commission a coach line. Rather interestingly, Mark on a couple of occasions has been flown out to a customer's home because they've seen it on one of their friend's cars and they've gone, oh my gosh, I forgot to commission that or I absolutely love it. And of course, there is only one man in the world. You uh-huh. can't just do it in a dealership. You can't take it to an aftermarket place. And how old is Mark now? He's in his mid-50s. Oh, so uh, he's got plenty of time. We've got a little bit of time. Yeah. We're training up a couple of apprentices. Yeah. I must say he's gone through a couple who haven't been able to master the art really? of painting with such a steady hand, but we've got a very promising protégé coming through now, so we think we're going to be fine. But Mark's background was actually rather wonderful. He was a pub sign painter. Ah, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that's where he honed his skill. Skills, so it's freehand, yeah. it's incredibly fine, sort of intricate artwork, and of course allows him to design and paint these rather beautiful very personal little tributes to whatever it is in the customer's life that they want to express in the car. So, so you might have a break in your coach line. Yes. Uh, on the example I've got here, there's a Bengal tiger, I think, in cream and grey against yes. black, or a series of chevrons. What this, would I have, I wonder? Well, I think going on the Welsh theme, a little bit of a dragon, something, right. something along those lines would be absolutely perfect. And we see that. We often see customers wanting to express cultural stories within the history of wherever they're from, very personal stories as well. It might be signs of the zodiac or insignia from places that they like to visit. This is where they really get to sort of intimately express their tastes and lifestyles. And, mm. and that to What's me is, is true luxury. What's important to them? They indulge those passions. I would imagine you'd apply the same sort of rule to that as I would suggest you have for a tattoo. Mm-hmm. I think if you're ever going to have a tattoo, have something that's very, very important to you. That's the most important thing. And, and permanent in your life as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, you're stuck with it forever. Fixed, yes. yeah. I've got a little dragon tattoo on my yes. shoulder, no. of course. So You will always be Welsh. You yeah, guess yeah. me well. I will always be Welsh. There's no option on that. Well, we can copy that tattoo yeah. and stitch it into the car, do some marketry into the glove buckle, picnic tables paint it onto the side rear or front wings or c-pillar or whatever gosh what an idea and i think it's also important to note that the people that come and commission rolls royces they are patrons of luxury Mm -hmm. they are patrons in the sense that they seek to do something beyond just acquiring luxury goods you know they've probably gone through the phase where they bought 100 bulgari watches and a yacht and a plane and they're in the phase where they want to create a little bit of legacy they want to commission objects that they're going to pass down through the generations we have one customer in particular in america who tasks us about once a year with designing something that's incredibly bespoke and quite bright and beautiful and his plan is to house them all in a museum at the end of his life and that will benefit his philanthropic foundation they're interested in legacy and it's here that they can just start to build in that very sort of personal expression of who they are who they were perhaps that moment in their life I would imagine culturally it works both ways as well that Rolls-Royce benefits from having clientele who are royalty and leaders of nation states mm. and in reverse if you own a Rolls Royce you want part of your own culture mark integrated with Rolls Royce in the car as well absolutely and I think just to move that on ever so slightly I think it's a real boon for Britain I've always say this that Rolls Royce when it's successful is good news for Britain mm-hmm. we're placing into the hands of the most wealthy influential real decision makers the movers and shakers in the world an exquisite handmade British luxury good mm-hmm. so when they're just making decisions on where they're going to invest 
whatever that might be, or where they want to move their business or move hundreds of thousands of jobs. They have a fine ambassador for Britain in the garage. They have a fine ambassador for our ingenuity, our design, our engineering excellence. And I think there's really something in that. We fly the flag for British manufacturing, for Britain as an industrial force around the world. It's one of the great examples, British success stories. Rolls-Royce is always up there, isn't it? Absolutely. And we're very proud of that as well. We're fairly unapologetic. We like to bang the drum for British manufacturing. I I think you're probably allowed to. I think we are. (laughs) But certainly there is that DNA. So whatever model we produce, there has to be that Rolls-Royce quality of engineering and design DNA in it. The way it performs, the way it rides has to be there before everything else that's part of the car if i spec a rolls royce but said it's great but i don't want the twin turbo v12 i would like the engine from a gilbert invader you know the ford essex block of the 1970s or 60s that's not going to work to rolls royce that wouldn't be allowed would it we would invite you to drive a car with that magnificent v12 <laughs> and your mind would soon be changed i'm certain you're probably right you can always ask that. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you the answer. Yeah. <laughs> we always say no request is left unexplored. Unexplored. Unexplored, yeah. It may be denied later, but that's for you <laughs> to make that decision once we've explored it. Gareth Jones on speed at Goodwood, the home of Rolls Royce. Okay, back onto the upper gangway again, over the assembly area, the production line. I can see that's a wraith and a dawn. We've got a dawn there. Yeah. So beautiful white dawn that's just come out of the paint shop. As David says, look at that incredible polish that's already on the car. This is just the beginning of the process. This is where the car will suddenly turn from a body shell, very beautiful one, I must say, into a motor car. So as we walk up the line, we're going to see a rather lovely part of the process. And it's something that we invite our customers to see. And that's called the marriage. And that is the very simple process of running gear and engine being married to the body of the car right. and suddenly it becomes a motor car it becomes a very real thing and we find many of our customers they want to see that that's a really deeply emotional moment in the whole process of seeing their Rolls Royce come together are the body shells delivered complete here or do you assemble them here they're delivered complete so down to sort of body and white we then take it through surface finish centre all the way through production and that's an issue of space we are in an area about standing natural beauty we are on a beautiful country estate here in Goodwood so you're not doing heavy industrial stuff here you're doing bespoke craftsmanship this is, this is, a, this yeah. is a centre of craftsmanship excellence yeah. it is in essence it is a car factory but we want to create as much room as possible to be able to put those beautifully designed personal elements onto the cars for yep. our customers and it works brilliantly so this is the fun part if you like of the whole process they've just come out from the paint shop they're ready to be assembled but the story for these cars has started much earlier Phantom has at least 48 standard pieces of wood and before we do anything particular to them in terms of bespoke, those pieces would have taken us at least a month to create each piece. A set of leather from cutting to the final stitch and placed onto the seating or whatever is going to take at least two weeks. This before we start doing anything fancy with it. So if you are having something extra special design of mm-hmm. the car, it may take us eight, nine, ten months getting all these individual parts ready we mentioned earlier your particular colour that's taking a six month process so that's all done first and near on completion then we paint the car they're all ready and off we go so that's almost the last thing that we do before assembly it's almost a sort of the crescendo moment of a great kind of symphony of design and craft and all of the sort of thought that the customers put into it and it does culminate in this kind of final assembly process as much as people come and visit the plant and they expect to see, as you say, that very traditional sort of manufacturing base of fairly similar-looking objects getting stamped out, yeah. it's the complete opposite here. You know, these cars really are blank canvases from which the customer then 
paints their own expression. It's quite a different culture to anything I've experienced before in car manufacturing. It really is. But you, know, you are the Zenith. You are the Rolls Royce of Rolls Royce. Yeah, the Rolls Royce yeah. of Rolls Royce. And we're very proud of that. We can count ten mentions of that a day. The Rolls Royce of whatever it is. Yeah, the Rolls yeah, Royce yeah. Of shoes, and that's something that we think about enormously, and it's a standard in which. It's an enormous compliment for it is. a car manufacturing firm to have suit makers, shoemakers, jewellery people say, oh, we are the Rolls-Royce of such and such. Even footballers, he's a Rolls-Royce of a player, I uh-huh. always say for a particularly silky and elegant-looking player, and I think that's rather lovely. But it's a standard that we absolutely have to maintain. If you're in a position of leadership, it's a restless stride to continue to improve, to innovate, to learn more, to improve what we're doing. It's something we take very seriously. It is a lovely, quiet... Again, I'd just like to remind you, we are building cars here yeah. and putting them together. Standing in front of a line of yellow girders, manipulating body shells, rotating them around, and generally people are talking in more or less hushed tones. That's quite something. The car begins assembly just before that stage, in fact, where we're putting self-expanding foams, some shocks, and if you've got a, a sliding or glass roof, that would go on the first stage. This machine up there, dedicated to us, built especially to lift the folding roof for the new dawn and then planted into the motor vehicle itself and again these oblong boxes you can see go a little off piste compared with other car manufacturers because each loom is bespoke to each motor car so your motor car is going to have a unique number we're never going to put the name of the customer on it so all the paint the wood the leather everything has to have that unique number to make sure we get the right parts for the right car And if we were to provide enough wiring to provide every conceivable option that we could perhaps look at, there wouldn't be enough room. And it'd be too heavy. There's already a kilometre and a half of wiring. Right. And so each loom is dedicated to each individual vehicle. Tailored electrical loom. Exactly. So we're a little unique. I've never heard of that before. Well, not since the (laughs) 1920s, really. Maybe Morgan. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just a gradual process of building so it's about two and a half shifts we just have two shifts a day six o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night monday to friday you know, we're not a 24 7 company we don't make that many products if it's you like. not driven by volume exactly. yeah, yeah yeah and we're not going to rush so the assembly will take about two and a half shifts so right. we started six o'clock this morning potentially we'd be finished around lunchtime ish tomorrow and then the check-in probably takes twice then as long as that. Then we've got a, a while, yeah, quite yeah. a bit of testing to do, yeah. exactly. And then after all the testing, the final polish, and then if you're having the coach line, the coach line will go on. Rolls-Royce produced something like 4,000 cars two well, years 2014, ago? 4,063. Right. Just slightly less last year, the situation in China. Various gentlemen have had to ease off what they're doing, so we're slightly less, but I think this year with the dawn... We're sort of quietly optimistic. We're not in the business of volume. Yeah, yeah. We're about sustainable growth, and as you say, we are a very profitable company, but our profit comes from delivering those bespoke elements to the customer for having real value in the cars. So we produce broadly 4,000 cars a year. We're not in the business of wanting to ever expand that into 10,000 plus. Mm -hmm. That'll never happen. That means we seek into ubiquity, and I think we disappear into mass luxury, and our customers will reject that approach. They're too sophisticated for that. So 4,000 at the moment, as you can see, they're very serenely making their way down the line. There's no sense of hurry, none of that, and they never will be here. You know, it must always have this sense of calm and the sense of just very quiet purposeful industry people are just getting on with their jobs very nicely yeah. I mean there's certain Italian car manufacturer red cars that realised a couple of years ago that just at 10,000 was too many 
and they've come back down, but now I understand they're going back up again. They're more interested in the business, or at least the bosses, as opposed to the Quality customer. Quality of the product, really, yeah, 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 yeah. So I can't see us ever getting anywhere near that. But What would the capacity of this place be? It's not something that we would publicly talk about so much. There are things that we've done in terms of expanding this place recently. I mean, a couple of years ago, we put a fairly large extension on to increase our bespoke capacity. We've also built a rather lovely new facility just around the corner in Shripney, just near Bognor Regis, the Technology and Logistics Centre. And what that's allowed us to do is free up space that we used to have a lot of parts in, a lot of storage, and we can now open that up for our new one-line system that's going to be coming in next year for the new cars that we've got coming onto the line. Of course, the 8th generation Phantom, incredibly exciting. You know, The world's going to stand still when that drops. And then, of course, Project Cullinan coming in 2018 as well. That's the SUV, the 4x4? The high-riding High riding, okay, nicely put. Yes, yeah, a beautiful car that promises to be effortless everywhere, as we're saying. You know, both are coming in 2018, but of course you're reading the factory at the moment where our manufacturing plant here for our new system and our new all-aluminium architecture, which is a very, very important innovation. You know, it's a very innovative new platform. It's completely bespoke to Rolls-Royce, and it's going to allow us to do some amazing things over the, the coming decades. Really is building the foundations for a very successful future here. I'm fascinated by the new Phantom. Mm. I think that's going to be one heck of a car, because the Phantom now is BMW's first throw at the dartboard. Mm. You've gone through a whole generation where that technology has been filtered down through the entire Rolls-Royce range. And then to be able to start again, okay, what have we learned? It's going to be another shift up in terms of quality, isn't it? Well, that's it. We're acutely aware that when Rolls-Royce comes with a new Phantom, comes with a new pinnacle motor car within its range, it not only resets the benchmark for what should be regarded as the best car in the world, but it needs to be the most celebrated luxury good in the world. Yeah. You know, is there a more powerful, potent luxury good than a Rolls-Royce Phantom? And that's existed for 70 years, you know, throughout all the monarchs and amazing people that have come and gone within that motor car. I can't say a massive amount at the moment because we want to keep everyone guessing a little bit, but there are some incredible innovations on that car. What I can say is it will be a beautiful, authentic Phantom that makes the world stand still and, as I say, resets the benchmark not only for what the best car in the world is, but actually what the most celebrated luxury good in the world is. It's a lofty mission, but we're deeply committed to getting it. I'm fascinated by what it could be capable of, really. And there's much more fascinating stuff about Rolls-Royce and their Goodwood home as our exclusive tour continues in episode 296 of Gareth Jones on Speed, available in 48 hours. And believe me, you won't want to miss part two. See ya. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed!